The machine is ever turning, ever hungry. How do you avoid being eaten? How do you avoid drifting into becoming another cog? Can you escape the machine? Should you try or is it impossible? Pondering these questions and more, I mention the machine. Hello ladies and gentlemen and welcome to the Mench and, Mench and the, 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 the Mench and the Machine podcast episode 5. This week Joel and I are going to be talking about Stoicism. we got some book recommendations for you guys. My introduction to Stoicism came through A Guide to the Good Life. It is a book that, that gives you a kind of a, a beginner's guide uh, into Stoicism and what it's about and tells you who the key players are in Stoicism. Um, the other one that's always always useful is Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. It is uh, an interesting book because it wasn't ever meant to be published. It was taken from his private journal, so it's his own thoughts on Stoicism and how they relate to his life. Uh, the Daily Stoic, that's a good one because that gives you every day a, a little nugget of Stoicism and how you, you can apply that in the everyday world. Um, they also have Daily Stoic calendars, I believe. Um, Ego is the enemy. That's not really necessarily about Stoicism, but it shares concepts with Stoicism. And finally, there is Letters from a Stoic. That is the one that uh, Joel and I are trying to make our way through now, but it is a little difficult by Seneca. So let's start off with Joel. What is Stoicism? Well, my interpretation is Stoicism is the art of not letting things bother you, because the only thing you can change is your own mind. If you're stuck in traffic, it makes no sense to get upset about being stuck in traffic. If anything, think about leaving a little early. Yeah, it, stoicism is basically identifying the things that you can control in a situation and not the things that you can't, and only focusing on the things that you can control, which, when you get that right down to it, there's not a whole lot of things you actually have control over. Prime example, we went to get lunch today, and on the way back, every place was under construction. Every route was messed up. And I started losing my mind and realized, there's no point in losing your mind. You'll get back to the garage, when you get back to the garage, you can eat your food. Calm down, it's okay. It, re it really did feel like we were trying to escape the Truman Show for a little while there. Like, every time we turned a corner, it seemed like they, they were putting up cones and flags and everything. It was, a, it was an interesting ride at back, and then, then Joel tried to kill me. But <laughs> No, you said turn left, I turned left, and hey, can't, a car started coming by and decided to gun it. <laughs> I reacted and kept us alive. That lady that was gunning for us was cold-blooded. She didn't flinch. Uh, so, so why is why do you think uh, stoicism's having a, a resurgence now? Why is it so so popular again? Because I, when I was a kid, I heard people saying that people were stoic, and it always came across as they were some emotionless thing. I had like uh, droid like data from Star Trek or something. They didn't mm -hmm. have any feelings, but now stoicism seems to be back, and it's it's. I, I first heard it coming back through uh, Tim Ferriss again on one of his podcasts. He was talking about it, and I think he introduced me to the Daily Stoic. And you, then you introduced me to the Daily Stoic. I've actually, it was five years ago about whenever you introduced the book to me, I found out. Oh, wow. So, I know for me, like, it's kind of weird, like, Stoicism kind of thing I've been doing, not realizing I was doing it partially. But, like, I, I realize in my life that I can lose my mind and get really upset and then get and waste all this energy getting upset. Or I can just say, not, don't let this bother you. Like, my favorite line from the one Sherlock Holmes movie is, don't listen to Reggie on an emotional level. And, like, that's the thing. Emotions, half the time, aren't really the thing to be using right then. Like, you always want to try and keep a calm head. Because if you keep a calm head, you can make a calm decision. When you make a rash decision, you make mistakes and things, you suffer for it. Yeah, emotions are kind of an instantaneous 
thing. They're, they're almost a childlike lizard brain type response to a situation versus using your actual, your logic and thinking things through. And like a, somebody cuts you off in traffic, you, getting out and getting into a fist fight with them is a bad idea because, you know, you could wind up going to jail, you could wind up going to the hospital, you could wind up in any sorts of bad situations for it. And it's not really even that worth it because it's just traffic. It's uh, somebody cut you off. If somebody, if you were, if you weren't even in your car, I guarantee you that wouldn't bother you. If somebody walked in front of you a little faster than you were going, exactly. But for some reason, everyone's ego gets involved in their cars. Mm-hmm. Like the other day, my wife and I were talking, and I said some of those things. Doses, and she's like, "Why'd you want to do that?" Mm-hmm. And like normally, I would have been like flipped out. I'm like, "Well, why would I want to study that?" And she said, "Well, it's about being negative. It's about being like so flat and negative." I said, "No, it's not. It's about not." Letting things bother you, and I think that's one of the reasons why stoicism is having a resurgence is because it's not. It's about not letting things bother you, and everyone's gotten so hypersensitive in this age now with all the, the twitters and the facebooks and the instant messages, and everyone's so round, wild up all the time. It's like you can't control what the other people on the other side of your keyboard are thinking or doing. So you've got to control your response, and maybe you shouldn't type that response. Well, like I remember years ago, I had to be like preteen. I met my grandmother's moving from New York down to Virginia, and there's this old man. He he was either drunk or crazy. I don't know which, but he was a friend. Of, somehow a friend, and it's almost one of those situations where like nobody knows what I'm talking about when I describe this guy, but he was there and he had a conversation with me. So who knows? Maybe it was one of those weird experiences. But anyway, <laughs> he kept talking about how like we're gonna go back to that in a minute. <laughs> well, he talks about he was talking about how he I was talking about his computers. He goes, oh, your computers. He's like, well. You don't push that button until you want to push the button because you're the one in control. Like, they tell you to push a button, but you don't have to. You do when you want to. That's the same thing with emotions and stoicism. It's like, okay, you can push me, but why am I going to let you make me react? I'm going to react when I want to react. I'm going to take my time, think about what's going on, and make a reaction. I'm not just going to be rash because that's how you make mistakes. Yeah, and it's important to also note that stoicism, when it talks about emotions, it's mainly talking about controlling the extreme levels of emotion, like to taking, it, it's equally bad to be overly emotionally angry as it is to be overly happy. Like if you're overly happy about something, it could be a sign also because you're going to overreact too. Yeah. Think about all the, the prime example. Think about things like uh, Romeo and Juliet, where the teenagers are so in love with each other after only knowing each other for like a couple of days that they both die, mm-hmm. and they ruin their families. Like yeah. It's but, not a very. That's a, when you think about that movie. It's not even really a romantic story. Mm-hmm. It's kind of kind of stupid. <laughs> it's all it's all like just in the moment. Yeah. And a lot of time, a decision in the moment is never a good decision. Now, if it's like, do I go? Do I get apple? Do I get vanilla or, or do I get chocolate? That that can be an in the moment decision. But like, do I buy this car or do I buy this house? Like, that's kind of a big decision to make. Yeah. The, the and this, just because it looks pretty or it, it had the right color doesn't just make it a good decision yeah the bigger the consequences the probably the more time for the decision to take and the yeah and to, to give yourself time to detach from those emotions of the moment um that's always a big thing because you know they always say you should sleep on a large purchase like you shouldn't go and buy it because you get caught up in the moment in the emotions and yeah the salesman's done his voodoo on you the next thing you know, you've got a $30,000 car when you only had $10,000 mm-hmm. to well, spend. Well, it's kind of like when I, when I do go car shopping, the last car I went to go buy, I went and did a test drive and found out, okay, I don't like the I don't like the Crosstrek, I like the Impreza. So I went online, looked at all the places, found all the prices, and found the place at the cheapest price, this price I wanted, the same car. And I went in, I'm like, this is the car I want, this is what I'm paying. 
and I did not flinch. I didn't let anything voodoo happen. I was, it was just like, this is what I'm getting. Either I walk out with this or I don't. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever somebody talks about buying a car, I think about uh, Bill Burr talks about how... Bill Burr, the comedian, he talks about how his, he wants to be like his brother when he goes to negotiate with a car because his brother would go in there with a big cup of coffee, like 64 ounces of coffee, and he'd set it on the, the car dealership's guy's desk, and he'd say, you know what that is? And I'd say, that's a big cup of coffee. He said, no, that's a big cup of fuck you, because <laughs> we're going to be here all day until I get the deal I want. <laughs> So yeah, it's having a resurgence now because it's uh probably because of a lot of the negativity going on and people can't escape those those cycles that they get caught in. So it's, mm-hmm. it's important to learn how to control yourself. I mean, I don't even know. Do they do they teach kids anymore that's uh, the sticks and stones? Nope. Thing now it's like everything hurts everybody. Another thing too is like um the one thing Sosim talks about is how like in the grand scheme of things we're like a grain of sand on a beach. Mm-hmm. Like. There's infinite time, and we're just like a fra- like not even a snapshot of that time. So, like, we think, oh, I'm the most important thing in the world, but you're only on this world for 70, 80 years, maybe. And there's been th- there's been mil- mil- millions of years that have gone by. Yeah, and it, you're just going to be... All the things you're thinking are important right now are really not important in the long run. And in a hundred years, it's not going to be important to anybody anyway. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Remember, remember how important everything was in high school? Mm-hmm. Do you care about any of that stuff anymore? Well, the thing I find funny is like reading these like these letters, these letters from a stoic. Like these are some guys writing a letter to some other guy, mm-hmm. and he never thought that thousands of years later these were going to be in a book they're mostly going to be reading. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's also very true about the the meditations thing. Like that's it's that one's very interesting because he was an emperor of Rome and he was uh, you know they they kind of played him up in a gladiator. But he was a he was an emperor of Rome, so it's like this is a guy who had every right to be arrogant and conceited and have a big ego, and he was writing to himself to calm himself back down. Mm-hmm. Very very good stuff. So, uh, what can you control, Joel? You can control your own mind. <laughs> the space between your ears, like uh, like Jocko talks about mind control. He says it's not about controlling other people's mind; it's about controlling your own mind because. You can control your thoughts. You can control what you th- what you're thinking and what you're doing. You can decide what you're uh, what you wanted to be doing and to do it. It's not just limited to what you have to react to and how you have to react to everything going on around you. You can say when this situation occurs, this is how I'm going to react and react. Jocko talks about programming himself to wake up early in the morning to work out, and then you just got to do it. Your body will tell you not to, and you just got to do it because you can control it. Yeah, because it's funny that it's like when I go biking, like my boy is like, "Oh, we can't go any further." I'm like, "Let's go a little bit further." Think a little bit further. He's like, "Can't go any further. Let's go a little bit further." An hour later, I'm like, "Oh, I'm done." Yeah, it, which which brings us into the, the whole mind control thing goes into the uh, you know meditation and the the watcher idea. Like, what what is really you and what is really your thoughts? What is your emotions? What's what's really going on there? Because for most of the time, it's like a you, you, if you start meditating, like I, I've been meditating pretty regularly for years now, you start to realize that your thoughts are just going to come and go like a damn uh, traffic, basically. Like a, there's an animation in the the Headspace app that brought that pointed that out. You you're actually like a watcher sitting there watching your thoughts go by. You're not you don't have to act on all of them. They're just going to keep coming regardless of what you do. So it's kind of once you start to detach and you start to notice that, it becomes more powerful. Because a lot of situations at work now, it's like, 
I had a situation the other day where these guys were asking for all the stuff. And I'm sitting there going, these guys did not give me enough time. They didn't need the resources. I'm doing all this work. I'm not going to get upset. I'm going to sit here and write a rational reply and say, well, what's going on? I'm not going to let this upset me. Yeah, I think it was uh, Abe Lincoln, I think, used to do that. He would write a letter, an angry letter that was in response to something, and then he would put it in his desk drawer and never send it. Mm-hmm. It was like he got those emotions out of him, but he didn't make the situation worse. Yeah, like one thing I do is like I talk to you all the time during work, I'm like, oh, this happened. But then instead <laughs> of actually sending the letter, I'll just tell you what happened and then move on. Yeah, it's good to vent sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, it'd be nice if we didn't actually need to vent because we were in such great control of our emotions that it never really registered. But yeah, we are human, and that's what another part of stoicism is to recognize that you are human and that you were on this earth for, like Joel said, a finite time, and there are things that you were tasked to do. One of the, the quotes that always comes up from the stoicism is that to remember today that you're going to encounter greedy, vain, arrogant people, and they're just people like you are, so do not let them upset you. Everyone's doing their job, and you got to do yours. Everyone's just doing their thing. Yeah, um, the one the one other stoic, stoic quote that always comes up, it's definitely Marcus Aurelius when he talks about getting up in the morning. He's like, why, why, why are you on this earth that's not to lay in this warm, comfy bed surrounded yeah. by these pillows? You have work to do, so why aren't you doing it? It's mm-hmm. like, it's a, it's a good it's a good quote. It gets me a little amped up. Yeah, I've been like I said, I I think about what two months ago we started the podcast. We were we were like a little mission plan thing, and mine was like become more stoic, read more stoic material. So for the past two months, I've read the Daily Stoic every morning, and like I started reading that other book, The Letters from a Stoic. A little rough, but yeah, it's it's hard to kind of listen to one side of a conversation. There was another book that I was reading like that that I, I had to give up on. It was um. Letters to a Spiritual Seeker, I think it was Emerson, and it was just—it's just hard because it's like one side of the conversation. Like I wish they had been able to get the other letters so you could hear the back and forth yeah. between them. Good, good, good advice, but it's hard to—it's hard to digest if you're only on the one side of the fence. It's like listening to somebody's phone call. So, how do you detach? Detaching is a uh, there's if you, for me detachment's been around for a long time because when they used to tell you when you were angry as a kid you know count the 10 or things like that so that that's a form of detachment for for me the the meditation has helped me a lot because it made me realize that i'm not my thoughts and my feelings i'm something beyond them that i can i can if i can watch something that i can control it because i can direct it a little bit they're mm-hmm. gonna they're gonna come as they want but they they don't they don't make me have to act yeah, um, one of the habit books, which I'm going to talk about in another episode, they talk about how your brain is not your mind. Mm-hmm. That there's a separation between your mind and your brain. Yeah, it, it's, it's that that, uh, that meme that says you're basically piloting a, a meat mecca. Like, <laughs> like your your brain is not your mind. You're something you're something beyond that. And I don't know if, if I don't want to get into the spiritual thing and say it's like the soul or whatever. But there's definitely something more than just all the thoughts because. Your brain is just a, a scattering of electricity shooting across neurons and everything, so it's just firing these weird rapid fire ideas at you. And mm-hmm. You don't, you're, you're not all those thoughts. You're something else. There's something more to you. So that goes into emotions versus, versus thoughts. Yeah, emotions versus thoughts. Because you, you have you ever have you ever felt one way and you thought one way, and then the next day you felt different and your thoughts were different. Yeah. Isn't that interesting how that happens? It's like you're, you, they're, they're not as separate as we'd like to think they are. But like I think everyone likes to think they're a rational person. But I think once their buttons are pressed, then they they become irrational and 
It's, it's very much stoic. I think practicing stoicism is about learning what your buttons are. Yeah. Like, that's the other thing. Like, when I deal with certain people at work, like, I know it will bother me. So I got to watch for those things, those buttons. Mm-hmm. So I don't react. Yeah. And, like, there's other people in my life that I, that, that works with, too. Like, I know certain people are going to say certain things and we try to get a reaction. And my goal is to not give them a reaction. Right. Yeah, because those people sometimes, I mean, there's, we grew up in the, with the internet and we all know what a troll is. And that's what some people are exactly. doing. Some people are having a bad day, so they want everyone to have a bad day. Misery loves company mm-hmm. is the, the saying. And it's it's important to recognize that, that those people have that effect on you and how you can control it. There was actually an episode, of, I think it was actually the Star Trek First Contact movie, where like they're going to go fight the Borg. And like DNA like, starts learning emotions. <laughs> and he's all scared and he's like, wait, I can turn it off. And he just turns it off. Like, oh, I'm good now. <laughs> like, it'd, just, it'd be great if we could all do that. Yeah. Yeah. I want, but that the, that's the other side of stoicism right there is it's saying that you don't want to detach completely because then you won't appreciate yeah, the good pick, stuff. But picking when you want to detach. Oh, like, no. if you're getting the root canal done and you know it's going to be painful, you can just detach from being scared of it and just let it happen. Yeah. Uh, the, the comic book writer, Graham Morrison, he, he had a a thing where he was talking about how people are eventually going to have like super multiple personality disorders where it's if you don't want to do a task you have a personality that enjoy, enjoys that <laughs> task so it's like this is this is the version of me that really loves doing dishes and this mm-hmm. is the version of me that really loves like cleaning the cat litter and that mm-hmm. personality is the one that comes to fr- to the front when you need it mm-hmm. so how does stoicism relate to finances well, going back to like the the buying a car thing and the buying the house thing, it's like if you're not ruled by your emotions, you're not going to make mo- emotional decisions. Which is, I, I, there's based based on like our, our previous podcast where we talked about finances. It, there's a huge link between finances and and your your emotions and your your thinking. Like it, it's not if everyone were detached, their finances would their checkbook would be balanced 100 percent of the time because mm-hmm. it's just math the numbers have to add up something yeah. but there's emotions involved in it because people make emotional decisions you know you're having a bad day you decide that you deserve to have you know two donuts with your lunch <laughs> uh mexican coke i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> <laughs> so yeah i'm yeah. gonna be very stoic and not be triggered right now <laughs> <laughs> it'd be triggered tomorrow when you're on the bike again <laughs> Well, that also rolls over to insults, like I was saying earlier. Like, when I was in high school, when I was in middle school, like, I got teased a lot. And, like, there's a quote that I can't quote in the podcast because it's off-color that oh. my dad told me. <laughs> but basically, my name is Joel Cox. It's the name on my paycheck. They can call you whatever they want, but the, ca- the name that catches is the name on your paycheck, and that's all that matters. That's good to remember. And, like, the other, the other thing that I've learned throughout the past 15, 20 years is, like, I have friends that are like, aren't you upset? They said all black people do that. I'm like, yeah, but that's a stereotype. They didn't say Joel Cox. And if they did say Joel Cox, they don't know me because they don't know who or what I do. Like, my actions speak louder than any stereotype or whatever words people say. And to me, that's been very powerful for me. It's like, why am I going to get upset when they say all the people who do this do that? Well, you can't do that because I'm, I'm the anomaly. I disproved your theory. Yeah, I, I think with insults, it's I, I grew up around a bunch of... A bunch of smart ass cut ups, and it was kind of nowadays the way we talk to each other is probably some form of abuse. <laughs> <laughs> so I developed a very, very thick skin for insults, and it takes a lot to actually insult me to make me really mad in that regard. Um, I can still be triggered, but not, not, not by somebody saying something, especially if it's something that could be funny. Mm-hmm. Like, like the, the best insults are the ones that come across where you actually laugh at them, and you have to look at the parts, you say, All right, that's pretty clever. Yeah. 
the the worst ones are the ones where people are picking on stuff that you've heard a million times, like calling the the short person short or mm-hmm. the tall person tall. I think my favorite thing is when stuff like that happens. Like, oh, so couldn't be original. You got yeah. nothing new. Yeah, you got you got nothing better than that, you know. <laughs> or my other favorite is you could have said this, and you just write all these things out that are far worse, <laughs> and they just look at you like, "What is wrong with you?" I, I think that's called the M and M strategy. <laughs> <laughs> well, another thing that and trying to get through these letters of a stoic is death. A bunch of these letters are about death and dealing with death. Yeah, like I, I mean, I, I guess think people were dying a lot more back then <laughs> but it's not about dying it's more of accepting that everything dies like there's a beginning and an end yeah. but like it, i felt there's an obsession because I, I felt like i went through a whole string of because i'm listening to these on my bike rides and my bike rides about an hour and i get to like between two to five letters a day and the one day it's just death i'm like what is going on here <laughs> been right for like an hour and it's the same thing over and over again just said differently yeah, what's interesting about when you start getting into these these studies of like these philosophies and things is how similar they are, even though they were, you know, even geographically they were like miles apart from like the Stoicism and the uh, uh, what, what is it the uh, the Japanese the samurais what what did they do? Um, not Budo, um, not Buddhism, but Bushido, Bushido. How the Bushido the, the, for the samurai, it was all about accepting the fact that they were already dead. Mm-hmm. Like they they accepted death, they welcomed death, they knew it was coming, so they were allowed to. It freed them up to do what they needed to do. Mm-hmm. When you accept the fact that yeah, you're going to die someday, it kind of frees up that. Somebody somebody online was mentioning that they wish that uh, clocks counted down. From the time you woke up in the morning, because mm-hmm. people would probably do more with their time in the yeah. day if, if they saw that it was like, oh, you know, fucking, I've got, I got only ten hours left to do stuff today. Because mm-hmm. like the other thing they, t- they talked about was like, why are you putting off the tomorrow? You might not get to it. Like if you died right now, you go, oh, there's all this stuff I didn't do. But if you know, I gotta get all this stuff done before the day's over, and you get it all done, like it's a lot easier to deal with. And you feel better too. You feel better having got things done than than. Like, not doing what you're supposed to be doing. Yeah. Like, the other day, like, I got up and I did my bike ride and I beat my record. And I'm like, lunch, I'm like, I'm going to go out again. Like, <laughs> I was on fire just getting stuff done. Like, I had a horrible day work-wise. But I kept getting things done and making progress. I'm like, as long as I was making progress, it didn't matter. Yeah, and so some days you're going to have those bad days. And the important thing to remember is just uh, the 1% rule. Can you be 1% better today than yesterday? That's all you got to do. It's, uh, stoicism is also about that. It's about um, they go talk about that in the letters to a stoic. They they talk about trying to be better every day in something in some way. There's something you can do today to today that you didn't do so well yesterday. Mm-hmm. So continuing doing that is the, uh, the the path. I mean that's the way you get compound interest on improvements in yourself. You know you read uh, you were you didn't read yesterday. Can you read today? You didn't work out yesterday. Can you work out today? Mm-hmm. You didn't eat well yesterday. Can you eat well today? Well, that's what happened the other day. Like it was rain, rain really bad that morning. I'm like I don't want to get out of bed. I'm like, but you know what? You've done this for seventy days. You're gonna make this the day you screw up. I'm like, just do a mile. Just do a mile. It'll be fine. I go outside. There's no rain. I'm like, it's gone. I'll just go do four miles and get it done. You almost got beat by some sky water. Yeah. So then the next day, it was the day I beat my record. I'm like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go all out today. <laughs> and I did, too. That was the reward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what also they talk about in Stoicism is breaking elements down and what they really are. Instead of saying, like, instead of taking too much pleasure in, like, something you can tell what it really is. Like, this, is, this isn't a chair. This is a couple of pieces of wood mm-hmm. with a, a animal hide wrapped around it. This, yeah. is, this meal one. is actually, like, the dead flesh of 
the cow and my dad was really good at the this deconstructing stuff. I remember one time like, Oh, this is crazy. Like, all that is is like it was a donor, so like all that is is some flour and some sugar. <laughs> and like after a while he said something to me how great I'm like I did it to him, he just looked at me like, No. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't work both ways. Yeah, I, I, like t- taking apart uh, the beer, it's just marley and, or mm-hmm. barley and malt and hops yeah. and water. Well, that's like when I'm playing a new video game. I'm having so much fun, and then like my brain kicks. I'm like, here's that loop, here's that loop, here's the code they did for this. I'm like, all this game is a bunch of loops doing the same damn thing. Yeah, that that happened to me with uh, like when I was playing Skyrim. I'm like, everything in this game is a damn fetch quest. Like that's all the gameplay is. It's like it's not very fun. And mm-hmm. once you start, once you realize, it, you're like, well, why am I still sitting here playing it? You got to get up and do something better. Yep. Don't drift. Don't drift. Do not let the devil win. Do not let the hypnotic rhythm get you down. The negativity. Yeah, I had that moment the other day where I recognized uh, well, my wife was leaving for work and we had a little bit of an argument and I, I was angry about it and I found myself later on in the day still annoyed and angry about it and i was driving and i was listening to angry music and i said what am i why am i staying in this this bad mood like why am i wasting all this time in my day being in a bad mood it's mm-hmm. something something that's probably not even it wasn't even important like it, by the end of the day like nobody mentioned it It was like mm-hmm. i was just enjoying being in a bad mood and yeah. i'm like well you know turn off the angry music put on some happy music and, and i got out of it like nice you know mind control changed my thoughts changed my day mm-hmm Sometimes it's good to harness that anger, but I usually like to do that for for workouts. Yeah. Well, for me, like, a day starts bad, I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. You're not making this day bad. I'm going to rock this day. (laughs) That's what's going to happen here. Yeah. It's almost like a self-affirmation. It's like the the one journal I have, it's got a space for gratitude. It's got a space for a daily affirmation. And it's like you got to give yourself that affirmation for the day. Like, today I'm not going to be bothered by this. I'm not going to let this win. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, the other thing, like, we have this uh, running joke between you and I is that the one line from Predator, I'm going to have me some fun. Oh, I'm going to have me some fun. And when I started biking again, and, like, I was, after that 20-mile bike ride, I'm trying to, like, get better. I'm, like, ready to die. I'm like, oh, no, I'm going to have me some fun. I'm going to have me some fun. <laughs> and then I started yelling, tank ain't empty, bro. Tank ain't empty. <laughs> and it's so funny because, like, you just have to tell yourself sometimes you can do this. Yeah, and and finding... Finding the amusement in the suck, I think that's that's like what the Navy SEALs and Special Forces yeah. talk about, about embracing the suck. Like, you know it's going to suck, mm-hmm. but you can make it suck a little less by having some laughs in the middle yeah. of it. Like, if you're digging a ditch in, a, in like, a you know 110-degree day or something, like, it's going to suck. But can you laugh? Can you have some jokes with your friends? Mm-hmm. We've all been in bad situations where with a bad situation with the right person makes it a good situation. Exactly. And you'll at least probably have a good story at the end of it. Well, it's like that one quote from Goggins' uh on uh, his, his book, he's like, Goggins is back on that log again. <laughs> like, he knew how to get done. Yep. So he just worked on it. Yeah, I, I was telling my wife a story yesterday about uh, when we were kids, we used to go into Oakland and we'd hang out at Phantom of the Attic. We'd cut school and hang out at Phantom of the Attic, the comic book shop in, in, in Oakland, and we'd read comic books and stuff like that throughout the day. And then we'd always go down to the convenience store and we'd get like a couple chili cheese dogs and some uh, Turner's iced tea and we'd hang out and do that. Um, one day we didn't have any any money for that, but my buddy Ben had just shaved his head. So we we're, we we're down in Oakland. We don't have any money for food, but he he had shaved his head that day. So he starts panhandling, 
saying, rub the Buddha's head for good luck, rub the Buddha's head for good luck. And he ended up getting like 10 bucks, so we ended up getting, you know, the, the chili cheese dogs and stuff. And it was like, it, it sucked. It was like we were hungry, we were far from home, uh, you know, it was far from home back then because we didn't drive, so it was like, you know, a half hour, 45 minute walk, but it ended up being a good story. And mm-hmm. It was a fun time. Just because you were with the right person who just decided to panhandle. Mm-hmm. <laughs> fun times. Yes. And I think this fun time is also over. Yeah, just about. <laughs> so, I think it's time to cue the outro. Have fun, everybody. That wraps up another episode of The Mention the Machine. If you would like to contact or subscribe to the podcast, please visit TheMentionTheMachine.com. If you would like to leave a voicemail, please call 412-294-8557.